Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Collider Ladies Night. I have one of the stars of Big Sky with me, Catherine Winnick. Hello. Congratulations on the show. And how is New York New York's great. It's springtime now, so it's beautiful out. You hear the birds chirping, you see the flowers going, and everybody's out and about, especially after a long two years of COVID. So it seems like it's picking up again. Before we even get into this, I have to ask you, what are the top priorities while you're there, specifically for <laughs> food? Do you have any go-to places for food? Oh my gosh. It definitely has to be, well, Nobu's here is one of my favorites. Sushi, especially because I've been in Albuquerque for a long time and there hasn't been fresh fresh around. Um, so that's a must. And just catching up with friends and family here. I haven't been here in, in a minute, so it's nice to get back. Have you ever been to Koi in Bryant Park? No. Should I give that a go? My favorite place for sushi their baked crab rolls are the most oh incredible God. things I've ever eaten. Hand baked crab rolls, those are the best, right? Oh, so good. So Ooh. good. Oh, as Can't much wait. as I can talk about food and sushi in New York all day. The first order of business on Ladies' Night is always playing dicey questions. Okay. The Dice Tower did not make the journey from LA with me. So you are going to pick your numbers yourself at random. I've got eight numbers here. Okay. So I'm going to ask you to pick three of them. And then whatever questions correlate, that's where we're starting. So what is your first number? Seven. Number seven is a good one. It's movie and TV skills. If you could learn a new skill or about a different profession through a role, what would you pick and why? Ooh, if I can use and you any skill or in the movie business, any skill you want, any skill, uh, any job, you name it. God, I would love to get my pilot license. <laughs> There's something about flying I would love to do, and just actually be able to control an aircraft. Um, I would love to do that. That would be really super cool. I think that is an excellent pick. All right, what is your second number? Second number three. Number three. I'm very happy this is happening because it's very unusual that I record two episodes of Ladies Night in a single day. And usually if I say I'm going to record with someone, I think I'm going to jinx it and ruin it, but it's happening. <laughs> the next episode recording today is with Judy Greer. And this one is called Pass a Question. So if you could pass your own question over to Judy Greer for her to answer, what oh, would it be? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, you know, I she's an old friend of mine. I haven't seen her in, in, a, in, a, in a minute, but um, what can I ask her? Pass a question. Hmm. Oh gosh, you're putting me on the spot. It could be anything random. It could be about one of her films. You name it. First of all, she's one of the most funniest people on the planet. She's hilarious. I literally can't stop watching her because she makes me laugh all the time. Um, I guess like, how do I bottle up some of that? <laughs> that 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 comedic timing that she has it's something that i always you know struggle with but she just makes it look so seamless so i guess past the question it would be yeah what's um 
<laughs> uh, it feels not fair because it feels like I'm asking you to do my job for me. <laughs> um, you, you know what? It'd be nice. Like, what are we doing together to help Ukraine? Because I think that's been on my mind right now with what's happening with everything with in in Ukraine. So, what can we do together in the community to help Ukraine? I absolutely love that question. You could not have given me a better answer there. All right. So you have one more left. What is your final okay. number? One. One. I'm happy we landed on this. It's would you rather, would you rather have to eat a lot in a scene or have to run a lot in a scene? Oh my gosh. Eat a lot. <laughs> eat a lot for sure. Um, which is always a painful thing when you're, you, you choose what you want to eat sometimes. And usually soup is the best thing because then you can like still have the action and only, and I'll get too full. Um, but running, I've done running a lot in scenes too, and it's exhausting. <laughs> um, and I, I'm the funniest looking runner. Like I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> you know, I don't really, you know, some people know how to run and look good running. Not me. I look like a goof running. So definitely eat a lot. I feel your pain. I've seen enough photos <laughs> yeah. of me at this point running races and it just like, it gets done, but it just doesn't look right. No, I know. And it looks, I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. All right. Time to get into the meat of it. Let's do it. I always start here with everyone. What is the movie, the performance, personal experience, you name it, that first made you say, I have to be an actor? Oh gosh. The very first performance, actually, when I was a child, I used to watch Annie all the time the the annie the the black and white movie and for some reason you know i would go to saturday school and every saturday i would watch it religiously and we weren't allowed to watch too much tv during the week but it was saturdays is when our family uh, allowed the kids to watch it and it was just incredible just to see this little orphan girl and and have big dreams and um achieve everything that she wanted to do. And, and it was just inspirational. So that gave me my first kind of taste in the, in the film business and, and that it's a big world and you can get anything you want if you just dream it. I love hearing that so much. It makes me wonder though, where did that kind of crossover happen with all of your martial arts training? I because I do imagine that that was a career path that maybe you considered pursuing full force initially. I did. My first business was uh, running martial arts schools. I started at a Taekwondo school at the age of 16, and I had three by the time I was 21. And I started teaching actors martial arts and movie sets before I was an actress. So for me, it was definitely um, getting a chance to be on set and, and train actors and seeing what it's like every day and how different it could be every day and how challenging it could be. Uh, and for me, it was, um, I was thinking like, well, this would be the most incredible job if I can get up in front of the camera. Um, so that got me into, into moving to New York. So I'm back in my old hood here and, um, and now working full time. So with all of the folks that you trained early on before you got into acting yourself, is there anything in particular that you remember seeing someone do that made you go like, I can do that? Or maybe at least I really want to try doing that. Just really just hanging out on set and just meeting different people, um, getting a chance to work with incredible artists, if it's actors or writers or directors, and just seeing that things can change all the time and how you can constantly grow as an individual. And that's... Um, one of the things that I still am inspired to today now also directing and producing, I, you know, moved on from acting 
still act as well, but also have different sites of, with, I want to be able to create more content and to direct uh, that material and have it on screen. Oh, I've got some questions about some producing. All right. Work coming up. Before we get there, I always love hearing about someone's decision to study their craft in a formal setting at school, because for some people that feels necessary and that's the right route, but some people like to get out there and that's totally fine too. So for you, why was William Esper Studio the right place for you to go? It was, so I actually Googled it. I said, what's the best school? When I, I come from a small town in Toronto called Etobicoke, so I didn't really know anybody in the business. Um, but William Esper had a strong reputation then, and I, some of my closest friends in New York are actually still from that studio. Uh, I'm actually going to see some of them tomorrow, which I'm excited about. Um, but it's also just getting out of your head. They work on the Meisner technique and just so everything is just a reaction from the other person. So it's not on you. You can do your homework, but it's really what you get from listening and repeating um, what the other person gives you. So I thought that was a good training tool to have, especially early on when I first moved here. And um since then, though, I got a chance to now, I constantly learn with now being on the show Big Sky with different directors and working with the writers now and reworking scripts, um, seeing how the cinematography is done each and every single episode and, and how things are covered and all that is a great platform to continue to learn and continue to grow as an artist. All right. So stepping out of school, what would you say was the key that kind of bridged the gap between being a student studying acting and starting to get the career rolling and getting opportunities? Well, I always worked in the business. I, you know, for me, even going in for, I would call them cattle calls for commercials or, or, you know, used to crash even auditions. If I saw a name, <laughs> you know, I remember there was a law and order audition. I went in for a commercial and right in the same casting office, there was a, um, a law and order audition and I saw the sides and I, and they, uh, I crashed it, but they were looking for an African-American. <laughs> so it was not the right type, but I made an impression that they brought me back. So it was, um, my, my drive actually served me because I ended up, my first U.S. job was on law and order. Um, so that helped, but I think it's, it's just really just, um, as an artist, especially in, in New York city, you, you, you know, it's great to be a broke artist because you really push yourself to to try to make it law and order is such a rite of passage in particular in new york City. i know it has to yeah <laughs> all right so speaking of the difficulty of it all it's it's one thing to you know say i want to be an actor to go and to go to school and study the craft but it's another to feel like it's a reality like you have some some momentum like you could say to yourself i'm here i'm really doing it and i have a chance to go the distance so of all your earliest projects was there anyone in particular that kind of gave you that confidence it's never easy but at least you know started to give you some of that confidence there were two i did an episode on house with hugh laurie that my character really went um toe-to-toe with him um it was a big a guest starring episode and it was a really great experience just to be on that set but also Vikings. Vikings for me was my platform and um, and getting a chance to create a character that could be loved for seasons and and have it keep going. So it's one of those things where originally I was only on was supposed to be on for a couple of years, but the character ended up lasting for seven. Um, but having a really strong relationship with Michael Hurst, our creator, and really developing and understanding who Lagertha is and making her who 
who she is right now to millions of fans all around the world. And it was such a collaborative effort and definitely didn't do it on my own, but it was uh, nice to feel that it was a part of you um, and bringing yourself with the writer and saying, okay, well, how would Catherine Winnick react? How would Lagertha react and really develop something to who she is? So. Oh, we are jumping into Vikings as well. Okay. <laughs> I did want to hit a bunch of your early uh, romantic comedy features, though. For, first, in particular, Two Weeks Notice, because correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I believe it was one of your very first big Hollywood sets that you were ever on. So what kind of expectations did that experience set for you as far as, you know, what it might be like in the future in terms of how big studio projects operate? Two Weeks Notice, I shot that in New York. It was definitely really early on in my career. Um... It was great just to be doing a scene opposite. It was it was Hugh Grant and Sandra Bullock, um, and I, I love that just just seeing the all the energy, seeing especially shooting it in the middle of the city of in New York City is just a whole energy. Everyone stops and looks, and and the um, the energy of the city, you know, here working here and seeing the crew members and uh, getting a chance to go to your local coffee shop right next door and then go to work is always amazing. But it set the bar pretty high. <laughs> so it was that, I think, 51st States, Failure to Launch, Killers, Night and Day. There's so many more there. Was there anything about romantic comedies in particular that drew you to them? Or was it just a matter of what was coming your way by chance? At that point, truthfully, it was what was, you know, coming my way. It was, you You start off, you take every job you can get. And that those are all early in my career, um, projects that I did and and it was just taking what I can get I think 51st days I think my arm was in it I don't even think I made the cut <laughs> you know um failure to launch I played Matthew McConaughey's girlfriend in in bed I remember that scene that was really awkward because the first day I met him we had to spend seven hours under hot lights in bed which was <laughs> always a strange thing um but it gave me, you know, you, a platform to realize this is the business and this is how you, you get more and more comfortable as you're on set each and every time. Even there's no such thing as a bit part. It, really, there isn't. You just try to make every part as um, impactful as you possibly can. I love when people say there's no such thing as small roles because it's so true. One of my favorite qualities of supporting characters in a movie is when I believe that they have a life that exists outside of the main character's narrative. Mm -hmm. And then I get all caught up in what they're going through before and after the right. events of the film. I agree. I agree. Were you at all surprised that when you first jumped into acting that you weren't immediately like snatched up by the action realm of the industry? Because you, ha you had the built-in skill set. <laughs> I actually shied away from it at the beginning. I really did, only just because I wanted to build credits as much as I can as an actress. When I first came in the business, I told everybody, oh, I'm a martial artist. And at that point, you don't do both. Like you're an actor or you're a martial artist or you do stunts. Like you don't really do both. Now it's a little different, but a lot of times people had a hard time taking me seriously. And truthfully, at that point, there wasn't that many good female written characters for, for action films. It was mostly the guys. And they've always said a woman can't carry a movie, which is so wrong. And we all know that. <laughs> but, you know, um, Hollywood and even still to this day, there's still resistance that there could be a strong female action star. But hopefully we prove them wrong with um, 
some great Marvel movies and also Lagertha. Clearly, I did all my own stunts there. So, and there was a lot more female fan base now that want to see a, a woman kick ass. How have you not been cast in a superhero movie at this point? <laughs> I just like my brain to not compute it. <laughs> I'm unavailable. I have no time. But of course, if they're calling me, I'll figure something out. (laughs) That's fair enough. So did Vikings mark that switch between, you know, you want to distance, you wanting to distance yourself from the action of it all to, you know, seeing the opportunity of blending that skill set you have with, you know, a real character driven piece that's powerful? For sure. Vikings was definitely... um a big turning point in my career, but also getting a chance to do all my own stunts and doing all the action and, and the action pieces are just a way to tell the story. And, but Lagertha was such a character that was so well developed and everything that she went through fighting is just a part of her. And it wasn't her only thing. Like she, yes, she was a shield maiden, but she's also a young mother and, uh, you know, um, an earl and a queen at one point, and she had a lot of different challenges as a ruler as and, and as a civilian. So, and that's evident. Like that full story is what really attracted me than just necessarily the martial arts or the fighting of it. So what about the, the behind the scenes of it all when it came to Viking success, hugely popular show, major fan base, can you feel that type of success with a show impacting your own opportunities? Like, did it open, did it open more doors that maybe weren't open to you before that spoke more to the types of projects that you really want to pursue and commit to? Oh, without a doubt. Definitely. Vikings gave me a platform. People now recognize Catherine from Vikings, Lagertha is Catherine So it definitely was a big turning point in my career. Um, I, I jumped into another show right after, so I haven't got a chance to really <laughs> see what else is out there. But uh, with directing, producing, I could definitely, you know, things, more opportunities are coming to me because I directed Vikings as well. And that now I'm seeing that come into fruition. So you di- you directed your episode of Vikings after your character was off the show, right? Yes. Not, yes, yes. So I was going to ask maybe something character specific, but broadly when it comes to acting, is there anything you discovered about your own craft by directing that particular episode that maybe you weren't aware of before? Very much so. When you're acting, you see yourself as you're a lead in your own movie, even if there's so many other up, uh, up, uh, like storylines going on and there's so many different other scenes that you're not even in. But as a director, you need to have the overall um, whole story in your head and, and the entire episode is its own little movie and you need to have a common theme for that. So it's a very different um, skill set. I actually think if, if anybody gets a chance to direct, I think it, they should because it makes you a better actor. You get to see things differently. You get to see things, how things are edited. You see how performances can be changed and the narrative can be changed just in the editing room and and how you talk to different actors and what you need from other actors to get the performances. So um, I'm very grateful to have the foundation as an actress to knowing what we need as actors, but also getting a chance to see it from a different point of view. I love hearing that. I'm a very big believer that when someone who works in one capacity on a set has experience or at least tries to see what other roles on a set go through, just like elevates the entire company and the project in the end. I know. I can't wait to actually, my next project is to is to learn how to edit properly. So going to get that in there. I just think that'll make me even as a, 
a stronger director and make choices faster. One of my favorite so. things in the world is when you're editing something and you just find that like pitch perfect place to make a cut and you just, you feel the energy. It gets addictive. You're like, like, yes! Oh, that? <laughs> um, sticking with Vikings for a minute. So you brought, you brought it up before about how she wasn't meant to go beyond season two or three initially. So walking away from that project, were there any big takeaways for you in terms of, you know, figuring out when enough is enough with a long running show, both for you as, you know, an actor and figuring out, you know, when to free up time in your career moving forward, but also in terms of building a character's narrative and knowing when, you know, either enough is enough or when the the best possible ending for that character has presented itself. Enough was enough for Lagatha. She definitely has done everything at that point. She, I was putting on a gray wig every day <laughs> and it was a grandmother, maybe a great grandmother at some point soon. So, and at that point, Vikings didn't live that long. They only lived, I think the medium age was 40. So, you know, it was pushing it. Um, but we needed to send her off in style. It had to be the right uh, ending, the right death, uh, something that's impactful. And Michael Hurst did a great job. I have to ask you this now. I'm sure you've been asked this a lot. Have you watched Vikings Valhalla? I have not yet. Um, I actually haven't even seen my Vikings all of it yet either. Is I was too close to it, and I promised myself one day I'll sit down and binge watch all the seasons. I I actually have a hard time watching myself on TV, so I I, I had to watch a few episodes as I was directing to catch up um, in terms of style and stuff like that, but. To see your own performances, it's it's tough. It's really about the journey. Like you know what? When for me, I know when you do good when you're actually in the process of it. I don't. The end result is the end result. That doesn't matter as much to me. There's one would you rather question that I ask sometimes. I think I know the answer to it now. But it's would would you rather get to see your dailies or never see a stitch of footage until the final cut? I'd rather not see a stitch of footage. To- Okay. I very, very much yeah. understand that. I yeah, and I don't even know if I'll watch a final cut either. Too, if I have to, oh well. Um, but hopefully, it depends. It, it just depends on on the project and also time. But um, I'll get the, get around to it. I'll I'll catch up. The more you direct and produce, the more you're going to have to watch those. Oh, clips. I'm going to have to watch those. <laughs> uh, before we jump into Big Sky now, I wanted to touch on one particular film because I do often like covering bumps in the road on this show and how we overcome them. So with Dark Tower, things didn't pan out quite as hoped. And, you know, on our side of it, we heard a lot about, you know, clashing visions, creative differences and all that kind of stuff. So are you able to feel that at all when you're on set? And if so, how do you, I guess, work with it so you can still deliver your best work and make the most of the experience? Dark Tower was a very challenging project. I think it's a lot to do where we were shooting too. We shot that in South Africa. Um, and there were crew issues and budgeting issues and what exactly was it going to be? Um, obviously with an incredible cast like Matthew McConaughey and Idris Alba, you would think it's, it's slam dunk, but sometimes if it's not executed right in terms of budgeting for, um, visual effects or how to tell the story a certain way, it's, um, it can, you can get into a little bit of a trouble that way, but I had a great experience on it. I definitely did. And every experience is a reason something else happens and there's no such thing as any bad experience, no matter what, for me at least. Um, 
but I, I got a chance to visit South Africa. I went on my first safaris <laughs> and uh, saw beautiful, you know, tribes of of elephants and and so there's always pluses and 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 um on on every movie even if it's not necessarily on screen it's also a part of experiences that um shape you as a human being says what you make of it and i'm also a big believer that no matter how a movie turns out in the end there is always something about it to admire or appreciate always there's so many people delivering you know top level work and-, and everything is an experience too it just shapes you as a human being and which shapes you as a better actress the more life experience you have the the more well versed you are making creative choices on screen for the next one 100% all right let's get into big sky now what were the nerves for you like leading up to the Big Sky premiere? Because you had just come off of the hugely popular Vikings. You're working on a David E. Kelly show. Anticipation was sky high. Do you go in nervous to no end? Or is there confidence because you have this incredible team around you? I don't know if I was nervous. I was probably nervous signing up for years. because. <laughs> but when David Kelly calls you, you listen. Um, and when he asks you to be on the show you 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 take note <laughs> um but i think you know the show we're, we're finding our way in in terms of storyline and we have uh, the format of the show is we get new actors every nine episodes which is always a lot of fun and keeps things moving so we have an opportunity to work with some great talented um cast members and um i'm excited also to get a chance to direct it as well so <gasps> which i'll be doing this year you're so you haven't done that yet but you're going to next year. I'm going to be doing it. Yes. Makes me so incredibly happy (laughs) to hear that. Um, Going back to some of the cast, just because I can't touch on everybody in this minimal time we have. So for anyone in the big sky ensemble, whose process would you say aligns with yours the most where the second you got on set, you were totally in sync and everything was, was smooth, but then who's someone who challenged you to adapt the most and maybe try something new and for the better. Oh, that's a very good question. I think Logan Marshall Green is a, we have the same kind of acting style. We're both pretty intense and, um, and a little bit of a, a little, I wouldn't say maybe a little bit of method in sense if we're having a tough scene, we're going to, it's just, you're going to get that energy is going to be consistent until we finish the scene. Um, but in terms of pushing me as things I wouldn't expect. Um, I think it would be from directors, truthfully, you know, just ones that kind of see things a little differently and, and come up with different notes. And we, what's great. We have a great female, um, uh, directors that are phenomenal and it's amazing, especially a women driven show is to ha- be directed by a woman. Um, and we have some phenomenal women directors that keep coming back. Makes me very happy to hear that. So with your episode that you're directing coming up down the line of all the directors that you've worked with on Big Sky, is there anyone that, you know, did something on set that you really admired and you're kind of back pocketing and planning to take on to the episode that you direct? There was one director last year that I really loved to keep uh, put music in between um, in between setups just to keep the energy high. I think that would just depend what kind of script you have and if it's like a, a um, to keep things light. But I, it was an interesting way to transition when you're setting up the lights and the cameras and to keep everybody united and and keep everybody working hard and, and even in the middle of the night. So I'm going to take that from for next year. 
Okay. So so what is on your Big Sky playlist? Can you tease anything? Ooh. Oh, I have to think about that one. I got to make it. <laughs> I, I, I sit there and I stress for hours and hours and hours whenever I make like a, a running playlist that nobody but myself will hear. So I very <laughs> much understand that. Yeah. <laughs> I can talk about the value of a good scene partner all day long. So with Kylie in particular, because that was a big deal for me when I first started Big Sky. I started a little late and I'm like, why is everyone so obsessed with this show? The two of you together are such like an infectious force that I can't get enough of. So is there anything that she did for you on set as a scene partner that, you know, you really appreciated and maybe helped you tap into something in your own character that you wouldn't have been able to without her? Kylie is, uh, is, is, um, very present she's uh um we, we couldn't be in a way completely different and opposites in terms of our characters you know jenny hoyt and cassie duel and um you know she brings a certain uh lightness in into her 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 delivery which is always good for jenny to find the the lighter moments um and i'm excited just to see more and see what else we have she just had a baby, so she hasn't been on set as much, but she just got back. So and we shot a lot of her episodes this year um, early on, and we we added it in into it so you don't see her missing. But um, she just got back from maternity, and she's a cute little baby boy. <laughs> Congratulations to her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you just highlighted the lightness between your characters, but I was just watching the episode where they have her character's father's funeral, and it was making me think back to Jenny's loss at the very beginning of the series overall. So mm-hmm. when you have a situation where like you, your character needs to be there for another that's going through such a tough emotional experience, what can you do for her to support that hugely emotional beat that she has to go through it's a good question i think it's the more you know it's two women that understand each other you know as as different as they are they also have common um life tragedies she just lost her her father and jenny lost her husband um and but they both see the greater purpose they know how important work is and they want to be able to help and give back so they're extremely driven individuals and together as a team they complement each other you're getting like a whole lot of dewey today he just very much i don't know if you could hear this but he does not stop talking throughout your interview it's all good (laughs) so uh i did want to ask you about the showrunner change and how that impacts your work in the day-to-day so of course uh david kelly is still involved but in season two uh you've got elwood reed taking over as showrunner so how does that change the way that things operate on set for you and um is there anything about season two that just kind of stands out in that respect that you think is making the whole company grow and make an even better show going forward? Yeah, Elwood is a phenomenal showrunner. Um, he's just he's someone who's very involved in the scripts. Um, David Kelly started it, as we all know, and he passed the torch over to Elwood. So it feels like a completely different show in, in, in a lot of ways, uh, just because you know, the, my showrunner now is I wouldn't, I speak with him about my character or I work with, he's also very open about script changes and I work with the writers directly to make Jenny's voice her own. Um, and he's very open to all of that. And we, you know, we've, we've moved the entire show from Vancouver to Albuquerque. So we had to get a whole new 
DP and camera crew and everything. And so it definitely feels completely different than it did the first year. You guys are making the most of it. Keep me on my toes and I love it. Mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with Janina Gavankar in that role. Yeah, it's just like, amazing. I just never know what she's going to say next and I love it. I know. Um, I did want to touch on your producing a little bit and what you're doing in that sphere. And first I was just wondering, how did you wind up being a co-producer on Flag Day? How? Just I love the script and I'm good friends with Sean Penn and I I absolutely fell in love with uh, the process of the filmmaking and I wanted to be involved as a producer and contribute. And we got a chance to um, debut in Cannes Film Festival last year, which was really exciting. And um, I'm really proud of the movie and I'm, I'm proud to be part of such a family oriented movie with Sean Penn and his daughter and Hopper. Um, and yeah, yeah, I, I enjoy producing as well. So it's, it was a great experience. So you've got that movie and then I don't know how much of this is actually accurate when I look at IMDb, but the next two projects you have coming up as a producer are both in the series format. So do you find yourself drawn to any format in particular, whether it's feature films or TV? I don't even know what's on my IMDb for producing a lot of this stuff. I'm keeping it quiet until it's fully ready. Um, I, for me, it's really about stories and finding a strong female protagonist stories or surrounding myself by um great people. I'm working with Bill Horberg, who who was a producer on Flag Day, and he did Queen's Gamut. We're working on a movie right now together. Um, some series also, too. I read a Lion Wait, which is an incredible book by Liz Nugget, and I'm going to hopefully direct that if I can find the time for it, but I'm very excited about that because it's one of those books I couldn't put down. And there's a few other projects that I will mention later okay. when 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 we're a little further um, down the line on it. Um, but I just uh, I, I'm inspired to be able to tell stories, and I think it's really important, especially true stories about women that haven't been highlighted and that need uh, more attention and and um, and that, that are inspiring. I fear I'm putting you on the spot now, but I'll throw one title that I read back your way because it sounds like something that I I desperately need to see now now now. A title called Silent. That that story sounds incredible to me. Um, I'm gonna keep that silent. Okay. All right, I'll take yeah. that. I'll take that. I'm I'm rooting for that and whatever else you do wind up getting off the ground because uh, your mission statement there fills my heart and makes me very excited. Thank you. Um we always end ladies' night with another game. Okay. And for you, we're gonna play my movie, my way. Because I think you should headline your own action movie. Okay. I got a bunch of questions here and we, we got to get the creative juices flowing and build a movie for you. So sure. first question is, do you want to join a pre-existing franchise or start an original story? I want to start an original story. Done. Okay. I like that. So you are creating an original story in the action realm. What style of fighting do you want your character to use? Right now, I, it has to be what's happening with Ukraine. I'm also Ukrainian, and I'm just so heartbroken and inspired by the resistance that's happening right now um, with the people that are there. So maybe the movie could be around telling the the true story about the heroin heroism that's happening right now with people on the ground in Ukraine and in the underground um, shelters right now that are doing everything they can to to fight the Russian aggression and, and to survive. So it, we need to highlight that. 
I just started a foundation actually called the Winnick Foundation. And it just got, um, I just put the link in my Instagram. So if anybody wants to donate, 100% of the proceeds go to President Zelensky's humanitarian um, needs and, and whatever needs to be met. So please, if you get a chance, feel free to go to my Instagram and donate the money to, to Ukraine to help everyone. Appreciate you sharing that. We'll put that link in the description section of this video too. So less clicking, more donating, hopefully. Yes. So to to like bolster the platform of this movie, you need you need a co-star, you need a sidekick. So who is joining you in this movie as your second in command? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I can choose anybody. Anyone you want. Anybody. Gosh, that's a good question. I'm going to choose my younger brother, who's who's a Canadian. Um, he's a sergeant, a Warren sergeant, and who's in the army. And I feel like his skill set, he's also an actor, would, would really help this movie. All right. I like that choice. So now even the strongest of heroes have a weakness. So what is your character's weakness? Oh, can I say sushi? <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I don't want you know, when I'm far away from sushi, I feel yes, it. Or I get it. It makes I sense. I know. If I see it, I might stop fighting any um, or white, red wine, definitely. Okay. So that's another one. Yeah. I can very much understand both of those. Uh, <laughs> last one here. Your character also needs a calling card of sorts. So what do they either say or do or maybe leave at the end for someone to find when, you know, they've they've saved the day? Oh gosh, they, first of all, they would win. You know, they would win the entire war, um, and and leave a legacy. I think all the young women and and girls would fight alongside of this character, like another kind of Lagertha moment. But um, and they would uh, help <laughs> help re- regain our independence in Ukraine. So I think it would leave a, leave a legacy really behind. Oh, just playing a game here, but I would oh, do anything to see all this pan out exactly the way you just described. Mm-hmm. Like one very random question to wrap up here. Are you a cat person? Because this is weird. I actually had a cat. I had a cat. Um, the cat. My cat's name was Zupchik, a Ukrainian name. Uh, Zupchik means teeth. You know? um, but I, I actually I, I like cats and dogs. I, <laughs> I have been. I hopefully one day get a little more settled and I can actually have more pets. Just right now, I'm out of a suitcase. I yeah. feel like he can just sense. Like you're giving off cat vibes now, and he wants to be yes. a part of it. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time, thank today, you so Catherine, much. and for walking us through some of your filmography. Huge congratulations on everything you accomplished, and to anyone out there who is not caught up on Big Sky. Like, I guess I'm sorry in advance for doing this to you, but every episode that's already aired is streaming on Hulu, and when I tell you it is a breeze and thrill of a binge, I'm not lying. So do the binge and then catch up with the episodes airing now. Congratulations. Thank you. 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.